the Bible says. Noah built an altar um, to the Lord and took some of every clean animal, some of every clean bird, and offered a burnt offering on that altar. Everybody say altar. And when the Lord smelled the pleasing aroma, the Lord said in his heart, I will never again curse the ground because of man, for the intention of man's heart is evil from his youth. Neither will I again strike down every living creature as I have done. This is a story um, that's part of what I'm going to talk about today of Noah giving thanks to God for bringing him through the trial of, of a lifetime, through really a grace-filled time, but, but a time where he had built an ark and survived the the, the, the craziest storm uh, in the history of the world. And Noah built an altar of thanksgiving. And the Bible says, the key part there is verse 21, the smell of the altar was a sweet-smelling aroma unto God. I want to talk to you today about the allure of the altar, the allure, the, the, the smell, the aroma of the altar and what it can do in the life of a church. And I believe God's given me a specific word for Stella Church today. Would you lift up your hands one more time and let's invite the presence of the Lord. Father, we thank you for your love. We thank you for your grace. I'm speaking into the atmosphere of this church, God, prophetic unction. I'm speaking into the ground of this land, revival. I'm speaking, God, into the atmosphere of the hearts. And maybe somebody showed up today and doesn't understand everything that's going on. I pray that you would hide this preacher behind the shadow of your cross and speak beyond what words can say. In Jesus' mighty name, come on, everybody, clap your hands real loud, real loud, real loud. High five your neighbor and you may be seated. We celebrate Memorial Day today. Um, this weekend, and I do want to say at the outset of my message, if you do have a family member who gave their life uh, in service to our country, come on, church, can we put our hands together for any veteran, anybody that's connected to that? Um, but one of the crucial principles of Memorial Day uh, could really be boiled down to this one simple line, is that one person's sacrifice creates an opportunity in the life of another. One person sacrifices in a battle. One person, whether it was the Civil Rights Movement or, or it was World War II or it was the Civil War, the, the, the opportunities even in our country that have increasingly availed itself to, to different types of people was always bought on the back of one person's sacrifice. I'm going to say that again for you note takers. One person's sacrifice creates an opportunity in the life of another. I believe this is a principle that can be found as a thread far beyond uh, the, the atmosphere of war or the atmosphere of the military. I think this is a principle that can be found in the root of Scripture. Matter of fact, uh, we know this through talking about the story of Jesus and the story of the cross. The Bible says this, that by his stripes we are healed, that his sacrifice created an opportunity for us to have healing and redemption and salvation and aren't you thankful that he paid the ultimate price come on somebody are you thankful for the cross I know it's not Easter but I'm thankful every day and the, the reality is I just need to say this at the outset of my mass message is that everybody goes through pain and everybody goes through sacrifice in some way but but pain and sacrifice and hurt they have two pathways in which they present in our lives pain can either make you bitter or pain can make you better 
And the reality is this, is that Jesus' pain, when it began to process, and the Bible says, by his stripes we healed, the processing of his pain produced an opportunity for healing for others. Can I just say that? That the same thing is intended for all the pain in your life, is that as you begin to process, people say all the time, I need time to just process my emotions, and that may be true. Uh, by the way, your pastor knows a little bit about this emotional thing, because he just grabbed graduated this week with his master's degree. Come on, so man, come on, somebody. I'm telling you, four more years and I'll have to call you doctor. Even on the golf course, I'll still call you doctor. I, ain't gonna, I, I can't talk about golf in your pastor right now. It's a sensitive subject, okay? Um, <clears throat> he beat me. <clears throat> but the reality is this, is that the pain in our lives you're supposed to process uh, to 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 create opportunities for others. Some of you in this room, I didn't even feel or, or plan to say this, but somebody needs to hear this. Some of you under the sound of my voice are still wondering why God allowed certain things to happen in your past, and you process it every night. You can't sleep. Every night you wake up in the morning and you have these images of painful moments gone by, and you're still processing and trying to understand what happened. Can I just tell you, I don't have time today to break down everything along those lines, but I do have this truth for you, is that that Pain has a potential to touch somebody else's life. And if you ever see an opera, if you ever it will, will just let God work through it, that pain produces a patience and a grace that somebody else may have an opportunity to have healing and deliverance. Like my brother Diamond said, he's actually lived out the pain of not living a submitted life. And I hope somebody heard today that how his pain of that experience has given him now a place to speak in the life of somebody maybe behind him and say, you don't have to go down this road. Aren't you glad that our pain can process into opportunity for somebody else? Um, but the reality is, is that this whole process of, of pain and sacrifice, having this process that creates opportunity, um, it's an interesting process that I think Gen Genesis 8 and 20 um, kind of reveals. And this is one of many contexts of an altar in the Old Testament, but I'm just going to use this one because I like some of the wording. It says, again, Noah built an altar. Everybody say, he built an altar to the Lord and took some of every clean animal, every clean bird, and offered burnt offerings to the altar. And the Lord smelled the pleasing aroma. This was one of countless times. Part of the Old Testament system was for there to be a, an issue, a sin, a problem, or, or, or maybe an opportunity to give just God gratitude. And the way to deal with either sin or give God gratitude was offering something valuable unto God. How many know that, that generosity and giving unto God has been a principle forever and it's still a principle in all of our lives? Amen, everybody? And that principle of sacrifice was something that, that pleased God. But here's the reality. I know we got some hunters in the room, some people that like to, you know, go shoot stuff on the weekend and sit out in the cold all night and then drag that thing all the way back just for the big reward of the smelly skin in the thing. I don't get y'all. We'll keep praying for you. I'm, I don't get it. You know, I'm like, I'm good. I'll, I'll stay in, inside with my hot cider. Come on, somebody, right? But the reality is, is when the priest in the Old Testament would do these sacrifices, 
um, the, the smell of singeing hair and the, the look of the bloody altar and the, and the smell of this raw flesh of these different kinds of animals, it was not necessarily an attractive smell uh, for a person to experience. Um, but what they would do to kind of cover up the stench of the sacrifices, they would use this thing that we'll call for the sake of today anointing oil. They would put forth oils and, and myrrhs and different spices to make the altar be something that was a little more palatable for people to be around and experience, and it really reveals this fact that I need to get to Stello Church today, the allure of the altar. Here's the equation, is that sacrifice is not attractive to people. Nobody out in this community is waiting and saying, man, I can't wait. I don't go to church, but I can't wait to go to church so I can fast. Nobody's out there looking at the sacrifices we make going, man, I just, I really, I really don't want to go on vacation on Memorial Day. And I want to get up instead of sleeping in and come to church. Can you give yourselves a hand for being here on the weekend that you got plenty of excuses? The pastor's like, yeah. But here's the process. is sacrifice is not attractive to them. We're not going to reach our world because a sacrifice is so attractive. No, no, no. Sacrifice is attractive. It's an aroma to God. But what God gives us to cover up the, the stench, if you will, of sacrifice is anointing oil. And anointing is so attractive and irresistible to the world that when they get a taste and a smell of the anointing that is produced out of a sacrificial moment, they don't even have any way to help themselves. They're always drawn to the anointing. Anointing breaks yokes. Anointing breaks bondage. Anointing draws people to God. So can I just tell you what I'm preaching about at Stello Church today? If we can build an altar, the altar is is up unto God and he's going to love that aroma and the altar leads to an aroma but that aroma leads to an allure of some people out in the world that are looking for what we have they're looking for the answer listen they got a broken marriage and guess what they need marriage counseling but they need Jesus come on somebody they've got addiction and yes they need AA but they need Jesus come on am I the only one whose life has been turned around by Jesus come on they're looking for something to heal their depression and they may need counseling but they need Jesus and how they're going to get to Jesus is somehow the Bible says they're going to see our good works and glorify our Father which is in heaven. They're going to see something about us that says man I don't know about that Jesus but I'm attracted to something invisible that's happening there and as soon as they get here, come on somebody, we're going to point them right back to Jesus. Are y'all with me everybody? I'll never forget. I had a lady come into our church when we first started our church. We, we, we started our church in 2018, and we were in a coffee shop. And this lady came in who, who had been in every kind of debauchery you could name. She'd been there, lived there, whole nine yards. And we had this coffee shop event, and this lady, uh, she walked into our church. or She walked into our, it wasn't our church, it was our coffee shop. It wasn't even our coffee shop. It was our rented coffee shop. And it was a room in that rented coffee shop. Come on, church planner probs. Y'all know what I'm talking about, right? And she walked in, 
never been in church in her life. She was from a, a liberal, she was from Portland, Oregon, from just a, a, a liberal, she'd never been experienced church. And she sat down with me after our event, and she said this, these words to me. She said, you know what, preacher? She said, I just don't know about this whole God, Jesus thing, but y'all make it look pretty cool. And she said, you know, I, I think I might try this thing out because if that's what y'all are gathering around, then, then maybe I should try a little bit of that too. Can I tell you, the Bible says to taste and see that the Lord is good. And sometimes the taste that our world's going to get is going to be around some God-centered people. Come on. Going to be around some people that love Jesus, that wear the mantle well. And people are going to say, you know what? I don't know about the way you live your life, but something about about you is different. I'm telling you, if we'll build an altar, come on, God's going to give us an aroma that's going to pull people out of darkness and into his marvelous light. Y'all with me, everybody? Come on, clap your hands and say, amen, Settle church. Allure. Everybody say allure. I got to uh, I give honor, by the way, to my beautiful wife, who's great with child. Would y'all honor my wife, Vivian, today? She's given me three and a half babies in the last five years. And um, I don't know what to say. I love my wife. She just. But maybe I'll name my next daughter. We're having a daughter, our second daughter. Maybe we'll name her Allura. I don't know. Just trying it out. Throwing stuff out there. The definition of, of Allure is this. The quality of being powerfully and mysteriously attractive or fascinating. Allure, the, it, it's being powerfully and mysteriously attractive or fascinating. Can I tell you that the Bible says that we're supposed to be a city on, on a hill, that, that we're just supposed to be a light that cannot be hid? Can I tell you that there is something that can happen in a church where it's powerfully and mysteriously attractive? People don't even know why they're so drawn to what's There's people under the sound of my voice, and you don't even know why you showed up here. You don't know what it was, but something got a hold of you. I love that song, something got a hold of me, and I'm telling you, it can happen at a greater degree than we've ever seen at Stello Church, that people are drawn by the aroma and the allure of the anointing of God. 2 Corinthians 2 and 15 says it like this, for we are the aroma of Christ. Everybody say aroma. To God among those who are being saved and among those who are perishing. We are the aroma, people that need to be saved. They're, they're looking for, for something, and God can provide an aroma for us. The Bible tells us in Joshua, or, or sorry, Exodus chapter 20, the Bible tells us that, that this, this thing, this theme of an altar that can start this equation of the sweet aroma of anointing that covers up the sacrifice and, and draws people. The Bible tells us that after the Ten Commandments were given, raise your hand if you've ever heard of the Ten Commandments. Come on, raise your hand, raise your hand, raise your hand. If you go read the chapter, that, that one of the chapters that's describing those, the Bible goes on to talk about the altar laws. And in and, and the next section of laws that were put out for the people of God were the laws about the altar. And the Bible says in Exodus 20, verse 23, you shall not make anything with me of gods of silver or gold. You shall not make of yourselves an altar of 
earth you shall make for me, and you shall sacrifice on it your burnt offerings and your peace offerings, your sheep and your oxen. In every place where I record my name, I will come to you, and I will bless you. He says, listen, I, they were used to at that time trying to find gods of gold and silver and trying to find different entities in which to worship. They were always, the people of God even, were always looking for something solid to lean on to make them feel safe and okay. That's why they even chose to they ask for a king. They wanted Saul because they just wanted an idol. They wanted somebody to follow to make them feel safe. And God said, listen, if you're going to worship me, I don't want you making any idols. I don't want you puffing yourself up. I don't want you to put it on some pedestal. He said, why don't you just go ahead, if you want to honor me, build me an altar that's made out of the earth. Build me an altar that's made out of dirt. It doesn't have to be pretty. It doesn't have to be shiny. It can be kind of grimy. It can be kind of muddy. But all I want is an altar that's made out of earth. And I just need some sacrifice on that altar. I, I don't need it to be shiny. I don't need it to be puffed up and buffed up. I just need an altar out of some dirt. And he even goes on to say, I don't even want you in verse 25. He said, I don't want you to build this and use tools on it and profane it and try to make it too pretty. I, I'm okay with it kind of being ready because all I need is the sacrifice of an altar. Can I tell you, Stella Church, I'm so thankful for what God has done over these last few years around here, and I'm thankful that this church is not a shallow church. Aren't you thankful that's only worried about the lights? And aren't you thankful to go to a church that has some depth to it? But can I tell you, what I just feel in my spirit in this season for this church and for some of you, some of you that are even new in the room right now, is, is there's, a, there's a temptation in every single one of us, myself included, to try to find some silver bullet or something that, oh, this is going to help us grow and this is going to help us accomplish this. And, and, man, if we can just get this, we're going to be okay. Can I tell you that there's nothing that's so shiny that the world's going to want it they've got to have the pull of the power of God come on somebody that the only thing that's going to get this world to be transformed and changed is that there's a stello kind of church that says you know what it may not be the prettiest and our prayer meeting may be kind of sloppy and you know what we may not have the best setting and you know what we don't have the shiny church building that other people have but what we've got is an altar come on we may not have all the amazing Amenities that everybody says a church needs in this day and age, but we've got an altar. And, and I'm, I'm talking to somebody in this room that, that you don't even know the Lord. Oh, you're you're new here. And by the way, can we just can we just give our guest a hand one more time? Thank you for coming. Oh, come on, church, a little louder than that. A little louder. Woo! Thank you for coming. I promise you the jacket may be the same next week, but the preaching's going to be better. Come on, somebody, right? I love my man. He's one of my favorite preachers in the world. But here's the reality. As, as some of you in this room maybe even are new, and again, maybe you don't even know why you're here yet. Again, we genuinely believe that no man comes to God unless it's the Father that drew you. We genuinely, if you found us on Instagram, we're so thankful, but we really believe the Spirit of God was speaking through that Instagram post. to put, Don't you believe that, everybody? But here's, here's what I felt so strong while I was praying for Stella Church. There's somebody that's new in here right now. 
And one of the reasons you're here is because you got a brokenness in your family that's so deep. You got a rift in your family. You got a marriage that's on the verge. You got something going on where you can't seem to get anybody together and on the same page. And you've exhausted every resource to try to get people together. And I felt so strong to tell you this. You may not even know how to pray yet. You're at the right place because this place will teach you how to pray. But I promise you, you mark my words. There's somebody that's in this room that's going to get a hold of God and begin and you don't have any other options I promise you you go shut the door in your closet and you don't even know what to say to God but you begin to talk to God and say God I'm willing to shut myself in this room and you got to speak to my husband because it's not working for me and you got to speak to my sister and you got to speak to my dad and you got to speak to my children because because I don't know what to do I promise you that the God who is in secret who sees in secret will reward that sacrifice openly and if you're trying to bring people together don't you look any further than Jesus Christ I'm telling you he can put the black together and the white together come on somebody come on he can put the Democrat and the Republican he can put this sign and this sign together and if there's ever the Bible says he gives us the ministry of reconciliation that, that the ministry that we can have access to in him is to bring folks together. And I'm telling you, the way that people are going to be drawn to what God is doing starts at an altar place, an altar that may be ready, an altar that the Bible says don't, don't, even, try to, don't even try to manipulate it with your tools. You, you've got certain tools, you've got certain skills, you've got certain personality, you've got certain things that you can, you can bend it and move with. He said, don't, don't even try to impose your tools on this altar. Uh, don't even, matter of fact, he said in verse 26, when you go up to the steps of the altar, don't even let your nakedness be exposed. I, I don't want any flesh there. I don't want you to bring any pride there. I don't want you to bring any of you there. When you come to this altar, I want you to simply have a mindset that says, God, I, I have no other answers. I'm completely dependent on you. Your ways are higher than my ways. Your thoughts are higher than my thoughts. Can I tell you that the revival that God is about to send to Stello Church will not be figured out in any kind of meeting or planning. The revival is not going to be figured out in something that we do on social. And all those things are great, and you better keep on doing it. But I'm telling you, there's some things that are about to happen around this church. Church. They're going to be dug out in a private prayer room. They're going to be dug out in a place that nobody else can see. And we're going to touch heaven until that aroma gets on us. And when the favor of God shows up. The Bible says, as a deer pants for the water, so does my soul long for you. The Bible says that in Psalms 42 and verse 1. That, that there's a, the, verse, the second verse says, my soul thirsts for God, I, I, for the living God. I, I, my soul thirsts for something that's living, something that's moving, something that's breathing. There are people all over this community that are searching for a living God. And their souls are parched. They, 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 their souls are so empty. Many of us have been there. Am I, am I the only one that's ever been in a dark place, a, a thirsty place, or, or, or somebody else experienced the renewing power of God's spirit? There's people that are parched in this community. 
they're, they're, they're sitting there even this morning, even last night, and, and, and they're thinking about ending their life because it just feels so empty and so lonely. I, I was driving. I was in the West Coast a couple weeks ago, and I had multiple Uber drivers that were, were driving me, and I would ask them. We'd get in conversation, ask them about their families, and multiple times I had a, a driver say, yeah, I, I, don't, I don't really have any family. You know, do you have any friends around here? No, I don't, I don't really know anybody. Uh, my, you know, my daughter doesn't talk to me. She's in four. I'm just, I'm just here by myself. And, and, and I, I, I don't know what it was, but something about the emptiness of not being in the kingdom. Every, everything good I have is because of the kingdom of God. Every good friendship I have. Come on, every, my spouse. I met my spouse because of the kingdom of God. My children. Every good and perfect thing comes from, the, from above. Everybody know that? And I, I don't know what it was, but it was like God put me in this proximity to some people. And I have this happen all the time, but it, was like, it came to me even clearer that they were decent people. They just were thirsty for something that was living. They, they were good people, but they just didn't have the kingdom of God. And it, and it struck me so, so powerfully in that moment. And I just want you to know there's people that are, are thirsty for something. They're, they're begging for something. They're, they're in this community dying for something. And it's so powerful because the Bible says this, that Joel 3 and 18 says, A fountain shall flow, and watch this key word. Put up Joel for me. Put up Joel 3 and 18. A fountain shall flow. A fountain shall flow and come forth, look what it says, from the house of the Lord. That there's a fountain that's supposed to, to flow not just in here but out of here. That there's a flow, we, we love it, man. We're singing, let the dry bones live again. I don't know the words of that, so I was going to sing it with them, and I was like, man, that's a lot of words. And I love it, man. We're like, rap, you know, dude, dude, dude. I'm going crazy. I'm over here crying. And then I also want to, like, kick something, you know what I mean? I just. Any of my 90s babies know what's up. Come on, somebody, right? And I love that. And I love when the spirit of God moves. But can I tell you that the flow of God's spirit was never intended to just be something that we experience. And I'm thankful Stella's gotten to the place in the, in, the, in the lifespan of this church where we can create that atmosphere. We thank God for that, that he's meeting us here in a unique way. But can I tell you that there's a flow that's going to start in here that's supposed to flow out of here. And those that are out there thirsty and those that are out there dying in parts for something they're going to get living water that's flowing from the house of God come play for me and in that day it shall be that the living water shall flow Zechariah 14 and 18 from Jerusalem the archetype of the church it's not just in it's from and, and, and I just felt so strong I, I feel like the Lord gave me a word for this church I was driving in even today, and the Lord's been dealing with me today, but I, 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 the last time I was here, all these houses and all this stuff going on around here wasn't here yet. And as we were even driving in, I, I literally saw it and I noticed, I don't know if you noticed this, but the sign of that new apartment complex is the exact same color and kind of style as Stella Church. Pastor Devin said we made him do it. Come on, somebody, right? But, but the last time I was here, this area... It had potential, but it seemed kind of barren. 
The last time I was here, this area had some things going for it, and this area had some great things, but there wasn't as much life. There was no coffee shops. There was no, you know, uh, cool little daycare. There, there was none of that. It was just kind of a, a place that had some good, and I remember Pastor Devin telling me that this place had a lot of potential. And I came back, and it was crazy because it was like all the stuff that he was describing to me was going to happen three, four years ago in this area. And I remember driving in and him be like, bro, we're in the perfect spot. This place is going to be amazing. And it's popping. I remember thinking to myself, like, oh, all right, man, yeah, yeah, all right. And I drove in, and it was like it's all starting to happen. It's all starting to come alive. And as I was driving in, and I've been feeling this in my spirit this whole weekend, I'm telling you that the revival that God wants, please hear me, Stella Church, and I know some of y'all are new, but I, I, I just feel like this is what God wanted me to say today, is that I'm telling you as sure as I'm standing here, that the revival that God is wanting to send to this region Wanting to send to Stello Church is not a, a revival for this neighborhood or even for this exact city. There is a regional revival that God wants to send to Stello Church. Y'all hear me right now? There is a regional revival that God wants to send to this ministry that just like I drove in here and there was potential. And we can sing that, that uh, dry bone song again if you want to. But just like you drove, I drove in here and there was potential, but now there's flesh on it in the community it's starting to have even more there's just there's just more to it and it's expanding and it's full what used to seem kind of kind of barren and like our tucked back here in some weird neighborhood now has this fullness of life I'm telling you that there is some spiritual emptiness and dryness in this entire region and Stello Church has been placed for such a time as this to be an anchor come on in a beachhead to see the dry bones of this city come alive come on do y'all believe that would you stand on your feet and clap your hands if you believe it come on do you believe it I can literally you, I can literally see in the spirit realm I'm telling you at just like that, that little logo there, there was something as I brought it felt like this entire neighborhood was y'all's I, I drove in, and, and as I'm pulling in to the neighborhood, the welcome signs are out in the front. And as soon as I pulled in here, it felt like it was Stello Church's neighborhood. And every color I saw and, and every logo, I, 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 you please hear me. And you may not catch this right now, but you're going to catch it. I'm telling some of y'all that just got part of this church that are praying about how much to anchor in. Don't you miss the revival that God's about to bring. I don't know why God chose Stello Church. I don't know why God chose your pastor and his father. I don't know why, besides the fact that they've been faithful and secret for years. But I'm telling you, we're about to enter into a season of reaping. And what was under the surface and what was under the ground is about to spring up a well. And God is about to put this city as a Banner. God's about to put Stello as a banner in this community. Come on, do you believe that? Would you say amen, everybody? But I'm going to tell you, all the pieces are here. All the pieces are here. God is strategically 
brought people around here that are anointed, that are called. I was talking to my friend Danny. These conversations I've been having even this weekend. God, man, if you're new here, I'm just telling you. You miss this if you want to, but I'm in on Stella Church. All the pieces are here. God has sewn together a mantle for this church. God has sewn together a banner for this church. God has sewn together something for this church that people in the community, I'm just telling you, it's, it's got the look, it's got the feel, it's got the culture, it's got the people. All the things are here. And, and all of it was built in consecration and in prayer. We started with nothing. God has built this on the back of prayer and faithfulness. But I'm telling you, there are some places, some churches, some men of God that just take it to another level. Pastor Devin and I are familiar with some of these places. There's a place called POA in Alexandria. There's a there's a place there's there I can name churches around the country that just I don't know what it is, but something just set them apart. And the effectiveness that they were able to have in reaching their community was just different. And you know what? I've tried to find out and figure out all the tools and all the ideas, but something in me has just settled to think that the reality is, is that, yes, everybody prays, and I believe there's a ton of godly people, but when you've got the talent and the gifting and all the pieces and the mantle, and then you pair that with deep consecration, I'm just telling you, there's nothing that can stop what God wants to do in Cello Church. Come on, would you receive that right now? Will somebody say amen? So here's what I want to do. I don't know why, I just feel there's a, there's a prophetic flow that's in the room right now. Would you close your eyes? There's a prophetic flow. A prophetic flow. And if you're new here and you don't know what the prophetic is, don't be weirded out by that. That's simply a sing, saying what God says and not what we see. I remember driving with Pastor Devin. He was prophesying over this area. Saying what he saw in the spirit and not yet what his eyes could see. When he may show up and there may be a few people there when they just started in their their living room just having the initial team meetings. And yet he was proclaiming and speaking and saying what God was going to do. And every time I come here, I see another ounce of, of the flesh of the vision getting on the bones that God had put into his spirit prophetically. 